Welcome to Whitefields Church Podcast. Our focus is to help you grow relationally, emotionally, and spiritually. I hope you enjoy the message. I'm going to begin this morning with just uh, reviewing, um, not maybe reviewing, but viewing um, quite a few scriptures, and there's a reason for this. Um, and, and I think the reason will explain itself. So if you'll turn in your Bibles or on your phones or whatever you're looking at, um, we're going to first of all look at Psalm 27. Verse 1, the scripture is so vital to us. It says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the scripture, the word of God. See, the word of God is alive. It's, it's living. Uh, even in one place in the scripture, it says, we not only hear the word, but we are to partake or eat of the word. And Jesus is the living word. He's the bread of life. So... Uh, Psalm 27, verse 1, the Lord is my light and my salvation. So why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress, protecting me from danger. So why should I tremble? When evil people come to devour me, when my enemies and foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though a mighty army surrounds me, my heart will not be afraid. Even if I am attacked, I will remain confident. The one thing I ask of the Lord, the thing I seek most, is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, delighting in the Lord's perfections and meditating in his temple. Psalm 46, 1. Now, these scriptures I'm reading are meant to uh, do exactly what that was saying, fortify you. They're to prepare you, to build you up. In Psalm 46, God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. So we will not fear when earthquakes come and the mountains crumble into the sea. Let the oceans roar and foam. Let the mountains tremble as the waters surge. God is our refuge and strength. He's always ready to help in times of trouble. Another translation says he is a very present help in times of trouble. You know, when you think of facing times, difficult times and times of trouble, it's a lot better to know someone's standing right at your side than thinking in terms that, well, my help is afar off. Our help is not afar off. It says he's a very present help. Over in Psalm 73, this is one of my favorites because it's got a particular scripture in it that just really strikes me. Uh, I'll just get that scripture out of the way because I, I really enjoy it. 
In Psalm 73, verse, one, uh, verse 7, it says, These fat cats have everything their hearts could ever wish for. I mean, that's so descriptive. I just love that in this particular translation. But let's go back to verse 1. Truly God is good to Israel, to those whose hearts are pure. But as for me, I almost lost my footing, my feet were slipping, and I was almost gone, for I envied the proud when I saw them prosper despite their wickedness. They seem to live such painless lives. Their bodies are so healthy and strong. They don't have troubles like other people. They're not plagued with the problems like everyone else. They wear pride like a jeweled necklace and clothe themselves with cruelties, cruelty. But I'm going to skip over. He says... Of all of this, in verse 21, he says, Then I realized that my heart was bitter. And I was all torn up inside. I was so foolish and ignorant, I must have seemed like a senseless animal to you. Yet I still belong to you. You hold my right hand. You guide me with your counsel, leading me to a glorious destiny. Now, I'm saying these things and I'm reading these scriptures this morning to get a picture that God is with you. We've been learning of the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the God who is with you, and he never forsakes you. And in the midst of, I look at Psalm 73 and I see the world's conditions played out before my eyes in this psalm. I see the conditions of our times in this particular portion of Scripture. And I see that place where he says, my feet began to slip. But then I remembered. Then I remembered. My feet were slipping. I was almost gone. For these reasons, I looked at the world... And I said, how can they continue to prosper when I know there's wickedness? How can they seem so healthy? How, how do they seem to be untouched by the things I'm touched with? I'm touched with, am I going to pay my bills this month? I'm touched with my kids. I'm, uh, they're having difficulties. Uh, kids. You're touched with my parents. They're being difficult. Um, he's saying, did I keep my heart pure for nothing? And then he says, oh, but I remembered eternity and that you have a destiny. You see, folks, we really got to have our eyes on this truth the kingdom of heaven is here. We are citizens of heaven. We are eternal beings. We are not, we've got to be careful not to have our sights, our focus, our hearts, desires, our affections on the things of this world which are temporal, which pass, which change. The things that brought fear into the world 10 years ago 
turned out not to be true. Right. Ten years ago, uh, there were not going to be any polar ice caps left. I don't know how many of you got in your car this morning and it was cold. There's polar ice caps. It didn't come to pass. Science changes every t seven to ten years. It proves itself different. Yet so many people, I look back at that, so many people in the body of Christ were moved by the conditions of the world ten years ago. And 20 years ago. And 30 years ago. I loved it in the time that there was the great Jesus movement. And I got swept up into that in 1973. I gave my life to Jesus. And boy, we gave up on the world entirely. You know, and we sold out to Jesus. And we were completely sold out because we knew this. Jesus was going to return probably that month. Maybe that year. So let it all burn. That was the mentality. And God's saying, you're in the world, but you're not of this world. And what is he saying to us by saying that? You're in the world. That means we have a purpose. We have a destiny. We have a calling. Um, last week, as Nancy preached, prepare, prepare, prepare. We've got to be very careful when we think of, in terms of that as to an eternal perspective. And we'll, we'll move into that here in a few minutes. But often the church can move into a survival mentality along with the world. We can move into a survival thinking, way, oh, what have I got to do? Prepare. Yeah, you know, prepare it. Be wise. Have a moose in your freezer. And share it. There's a lot of people that like moose. Um, so, it's wise to prepare physically. It's wiser to prepare for eternity because we are citizens of heaven. It says our citizenship is heaven, and we're just sojourners and travelers through this life. All right, let me get back here before I go down the rabbit hole. In Proverbs 22, and I want to read this out of the Passion Translation. In Proverbs chapter 22, verse 3, it says, A prudent person with insight foresees danger coming and prepares himself for it. But the senseless rush blindly forward and suffer the consequences. Laying your life down in tender surrender before the Lord will bring life, prosperity, and honor as your reward. I'm going to read on. Twisted and perverse lives are surrounded by demonic influence. If you value your soul, stay far away from them. Dedicate your children to God and point them in the way that they should go. And the values they've learned from you will be with them for life. Yeah. A prudent person with insight foresees danger coming 
How many can honestly take and say, I'm looking at the, the, the conditions of the world right now and say, I see storm clouds. I'm not sure. I see uncertainty. I see turmoil in the world. I see difficult times happening. I see earthquakes. I see floods. I see famines. I see rioting, which is celebrated. I see worship gatherings, which are shut down. I see trouble. I see difficult times. It says in 1 Timothy, in the end times, great difficult times will arise. This world, not just the U.S., but the world is in economic chaos. I was doing a little research. I discovered that China literally owns the Federal Reserve at this point. They own Bank of America. They own Barclays. They own um, most of most of America. I'm like, I don't know if that sounds good for us as a future. I don't know what that will mean to us in the future. But I know this. The scripture is real. The scripture is true. The scripture can be counted on. The scripture will fulfill what it's been purposed to do. Um, <clears throat> Now, I want to read um, out of Hebrews chapter 11. Verse 13. It's gone through all the faith of the patriarchs in the, in the Scripture, mentioning them by name and what they faced and what they endured and how they conquered. And in verse 13, it says, um, these heroes all died still clinging to their faith, not even receiving all that had been promised them. But they saw beyond the horizon the fulfillment of their promises and gladly embraced it from afar. They all lived their lives on earth as though they belonged to another realm. We, as a church, need to gear up our thinking, prepare, prepare, prepare. We need to set our hearts on things above, not on the things of earth. We need to start seeing ourselves as eternal beings, not temporal beings. This world is temporal, but we are not of this world. We have been called by God. Now, these saints of old having not seen the promise or received the promise, but saw them from afar off, still lived their lives going, there is something beyond this world and this life. There is something beyond it. In fact, as I'm getting closer and closer to the end of the runway, as you might say, This message is building up inside of me more and more and more 
that yes, life with all of its troubles and all of its blessings and all of its goodness is short, but eternity is exactly that, eternity. And I want to finish well. I want to pursue eternity. We read in the scripture, it said, God shows you your destiny. Our destiny is eternity. Yes, we have a destiny here on earth. Yes, we have a, a, an assignment here on earth. We've been given gifts. Spiritual gifts. It's important to not just know your spiritual gift. There's a lot of emphasis on discovering your spiritual gift. It's equally important to find your assignment so that you can fulfill uh, that which you've been called to fulfill. Okay, in first, um, well, in Isaiah 24, 20, I believe Nancy read this last week, I'm not certain. Um, we talked about it, she and I talked about it, and uh, I don't know if she used it in her message last Sunday, but... Did she? Okay. Good. She followed my instructions then. <laughs> Isaiah 24, verse 20. In uh, this translation, it says, The earth staggers like a drunk. It trembles like a tent in the storm. It falls, will not rise again, for the guilt of its rebellion is, is very heavy. I'm not going to get into this, but I want to mention this next scripture. In that day, the Lord will punish the gods in the heavens. Yeah. What? And the proud rulers of the nations on earth. In 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1, it says, In the last days... Perilous times shall exist. Troubled times, difficult times. You may look at it differently. I, I had 1 Timothy written down here. Did I say 1 Timothy 3? Yeah, well, that could be scary in itself. It's talking about elders. Yeah. <laughs> elders in the church. Uh, but I want 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. You should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times. 
for people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents, and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. There's another way to stay away from people like that than just running. Preach the gospel to them. They'll stay away from you. Share the love of Jesus with them. They'll either accept it or reject it. I think, as Jesus said, in, he said, uh, you can discern the sky, you can read the sky, you can see what's happening, but you cannot discern the times that you're living in. Where is that scripture? That's my uh, scripture. That, uh, that I gave as a heading for, uh, for my message. Yeah. She'll pull it up here in a second. Um, yeah, mm -hmm, that'll work. Thank you. All right. oh, that's okay. I'll just read it. We needed a break anyway. I was starting to lose you. Everybody at home, do you have Matthew 16 already? Well, if you're watching from home, be sure and make a comment. Um, you know, one of the things we've been starting to, and we kind of forget once in a while, but starting to do, is uh, comment on the, the previous week's message, you know, what stood out to you, what you received. And uh, for those at home, uh, comment on that. Uh, yeah. what, what did last Sunday's message uh, speak to you? And go ahead and put that on the comments there this morning. Um, and uh, we'd, we'd enjoy that. If you're uh, in attendance here, Go ahead and comment on it. Okay, Matthew 16, verse 2. You know the saying, red sky at night means fair weather tomorrow. Red sky in the morning means foul weather all day. You know how to interpret the weather signs in the sky, but you don't know how to interpret the signs of the times. Only an evil adulterous generation would demand a miraculous sign, but the only sign I will give them is the sign of the prophet Jonah. Yeah. Then Jesus left them and went away. He's saying, you do not discern the times. 
that we are in. Brothers and sisters, it's so vital that we as the church know the time that we're in. Be aware of the time we're in. We're in difficult times. Jesus spoke of these difficult times as being just the beginning of birth pains. I think we're going to see more. There, there's a great feeling of this election's over now, basically, and uh, now we're going to have peace. Now we're going to have, it's all going to bring a, 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 you know, a groovy, groovy feeling in our nation. We're all going to start just loving one another. Come on, people now. Love one another. I don't know if that's going to be the case. I think troubled times are on the horizon. I think we need to discern those times, and we as a people need to prepare ourselves by equipping ourselves with the Word of God, by having our spirits set, our minds set, our souls set to serve Him, to pursue Him, and to know that no matter what the conditions in the world look like and produce, we have been called to a destiny. And you say, well, wait a minute. You're, you, you talk about you're nearing the end of the runway. And I'm like, yeah, I'm getting ready to escape. Some of us have children. We have a life ahead of us. We have uh, those kind of things to carry, a burden to carry, a concern to have. What about our children? What about their lives? What about their pursuits? What about, you know, what about? I'll tell you what, when you know your God and you know your destiny and you know that God is with you in times of trouble, that he has a purpose for you. He wants you to instruct your children because he has a purpose for them. Yes. He will not forsake you. He will not leave you. And I know this, no matter what the conditions of the world are, this world will not end until the gospel has been preached in all the world. In all the world, the gospel will be preached, and then will the end come. But even if the end comes, let's say the gospel gets preached, and I have young children, I have grandchildren, I want to see them grow up, I want to see them blessed, I want to see their life fulfilled. I'll tell you what, if that happens, I'm going to see it in eternity. Because what's on this earth is temporal. We have eternity as well. We have an eternal hope. We have a glorious hope to look forward to. The gospel shall be preached. When you feel, well, I'm frightened. I'm frightened for the conditions of the world. I'm frightened about my children. I'm frightened, you know, everywhere I turn. Maybe don't turn. <laughs> Look not to the left or the right, but keep your eyes straight on him. That might be the best thing. But everywhere I turn, I see troubled conditions in the world. This could move you into a survival mentality. Resist 
I want you to know, and I want to speak this clearly, resist the survival mentality and pursue the destiny mentality that you have been given in God. I believe through some of these scriptures we've read today, if you want to grab onto this right now for those of you who have young children, you and your children and your children's children will be preaching the gospel of Jesus until the end of the age. There's a glorious hope in the midst of all this. I don't care what the troubled times say. We've read the scriptures that says, there is a place for the church. There is a place for God in, in, in your life and in the world. There's a place for you to fulfill your destiny and your assignment. We've been given assignments. Find those assignments. A lot of times they're just a natural inclination. I just find myself doing this. Uh, for example, I'll use myself. I was in business. I liked business. Business was fun. But everybody that worked for me said, uh, can you help me with this? Can you help me with that? Where are you going? We want to follow. And I'm like, why are all these people following me? And somebody came to me and said, in the midst of that, we want to we start a church. We want to start meeting together. We knew each other. We were friends. I said, oh, it sounds good. Go. Said, no, we want you to be our pastor. And I'm like, well, I'm not a pastor. And that happened over and over again as much as I'm like, so what I'm saying is a lot of times your, your assignment just makes itself clear even though you don't see it. I'm, yeah. I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer apparently. Because I kept saying, no, nah, you're an evangelist. I'm not an evangelist. All right. Anyway, the same might be the true for you. Business was a part of my assignment at one point in time in my life. Being single was a part of my assignment at one time in my life. Then being a husband, then being a father, then being a grandfather, all different aspects of the assignment. And I want to do it with the gift that God's put in my life that I bring glory to him with the pursuit of eternity, shading all of that, coloring all of that. I want to have everything I do be colored with the idea we are eternal beings and we have eternity. That's where we're going. I'll finish with this. The church, when Jesus said, to Peter, on this rock I shall build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail, shall not prevail, cannot prevail, won't prevail. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Amen. The church, that's you and I at this present age. It's been made up of many, many, many saints over the the years, the life of the church, but we happen to be the church in this age, at this time, and this same thing speaks to you. It speaks of us, that we, the church, 
The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The church in its infancy, the greatest power on earth, the greatest army on earth in the infancy of the church could not stop it. The Roman Empire could not stop it in its infancy. The Dark Ages couldn't snuff it out. Religion hasn't been able to dilute it and stop it. World wars haven't stopped it. The Iron Curtain couldn't stop it. Communism hasn't stopped it. The Red Curtain won't stop it. This church is the greatest force on earth. And I want everybody here and everybody at home to say, that's me. That's me. I'm a part of the greatest force on the face of the earth. I'm more powerful than nuclear bombs. Because if you're fulfilling God's purpose, if you know your assignment and his assignment for you is not over, you can walk through nuclear weapons falling out of the sky and you won't be harmed. If it's your time, you'll be vaporized and you'll be with him. If not, you just... <laughs> if not, you will continue to fulfill this plan. The gates of hell will not stop the church. This church is covering the earth. And, and I am so excited to be a part of it. Amen. Let's all stand. Thank you at home for watching. Let us know you're there. Lord, we're so thankful that we're no longer foreigners to you, and you're no longer foreign to us. Lord, we're no longer without family, spiritual family. You've placed us in a family. You've taken us and you've put us in your, your family, the family of God. You have a purpose for us, Lord. We're so thankful for that. Jesus, I ask that as this message has been shared today, Lord, those seeds would go deep in each of our hearts, Lord, that as we face troubled times, they would not subdue us in any way, but they would cause us to rise to the level that you have for us. That it would cause us to rise up with the Word of God in our mouths, the Word of God in our hearts, with the sword of the Spirit in our hands, the shield of faith held high, Lord, with our helmet of salvation, Lord, you call us to be an army. You call us to be militant, Lord, in our love for you. Lord, I just pray now, let this word sink deep in all of our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Let's worship the Lord. What a great word, yeah. Oh, be before I end... I just want to say, I think this was one of the best messages I've ever preached, Amen. and I think this pulpit had something to do with it. Thank you for joining us today. Please make sure to subscribe to our podcast. If you'd like more information about our church, please visit our website, whitefieldsalaska.com. Thanks again for listening, and may God bless you today.